Welcome back. Welcome back. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Let Me Find Out podcast. It's going to be a little twist today, a little bit of a total crazy segment. It's a uh, happy Sunday, everybody. We're recording live on a Sunday. It's fucking hot out here in San Diego. And I got my boy here, Mr. Nobody. Um, and, you know, special guest today. He wants to stay anonymous. And what, what, what's that about? What's that about? That? Oh, <laughs> what's good fam welcome welcome to the studio yeah glad to be here thank you for having me uh why do i go by mr nobody so well, it, it's a so i go by socio yeah hey it's uh you know what we're gonna be talking about it's uh it could be a little controversial it's still a sensitive subject you know it happened 22 years ago this is a 9-11 special 100 percent, yep. bro and i'm really um thank you for making time for me today um i know it was kind of last minute i reached out to you i think friday and um i mean it's the 10th i was even i even told you i was like hey i'm down to you know do it tuesday it doesn't have to be we don't have to drop it on september 11th right you know <laughs> no pun intended <laughs> but um but yeah, I'm glad you made time for me today. So that, that's dope. I know oh, yeah. you have a lot of insight. Uh, this fool's smart as fuck. We went to, uh, you know, we've been knowing each other for a, couple, oh, yeah. a little bit. <laughs> oh, yeah. But uh, but yeah, bro. I mean, what were you doing before this? You, you Caught you busy or what? No, I was at a family's house, you know, with the uh, future in-laws, mm. uh, drinking some beers, having some carne asada, just hanging out. It yeah. sounds like a fucking great time and you decided to come through. Oh, I, yeah. I appreciate you, fam. yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, uh, we're going to go straight into it because I know you got something to do after this. Uh, but, man, it's been 22 years, like you said. 22 years. 9-11, yep. bro. Um, fuck, we were kids. I don't know if you remember where you were at the time. I do, yeah. So, I was about, I was six years old. Uh, I remember I was having breakfast and the phone rang. My mom picked up. It was my dad. He was telling her to turn on the news. And, you know, I look at the TV and one of the tower, I, I, I can't recall if, uh, at what point uh, the, the towers had been hit, but I just remember seeing the smoke and that one or both of the towers hit. And, uh, you know, at six years old, you don't really understand what's going on. But, um, yeah, that's where I was. What about you? I mean, <clears throat> I know that it was Tuesday morning, bro, and uh, it happened on the East Coast, which they're a little bit more advanced, so it was super early. Um, and I found I, I heard some ruckus in, in, in the living room. My parents were just they didn't say anything. They were just fucking staring at the TV. And yeah, like you said, it was just up in flames, smoke and shit like that. And I was like, what the fuck? What, what happened? And they're like, um, they told me oh, it's, there's been a terrorist attack. First time in my fucking life. I heard that. I was mm -hmm. like, oh, my God, I'm going to die. Even maybe even better. Maybe I don't have to go to school today. That's what I thought. <laughs> that was my first instinct. I know I was in the third grade, whatever that is, whatever age that was. But, uh, bro, I mean. It's super impactful in the day that that's all we did. I knew it was a big deal because that's all we fucking watched that whole. We didn't do anything other than watch that in in class in school. Mm -hmm. So, um, but yeah, super interesting, super crazy, bro. Like it, it, it kind of, uh, it was kind of a, a pivot point, I think, in uh, American history, at least in our lives. You know what I'm saying? It, oh, for sure. And and the the next twenty something odd years after that, I mean. 
you know, it went, it feels like it's gone by quick, but it, it was just yesterday when the war in uh, Afghanistan just ended. You know, that was about, what, 2021, you know, in the middle of COVID. And, uh, right. Yeah, they, they finally called it quits. They pulled out and they well, called. Uh, what, do you, what do you think about how they pulled out the strategy? I mean, they got a lot of heat from it. They left the. Uh, a million dollar equipment behind they just it was it was kind of sloppy it, it wasn't it, it done was, right you know and you know i know this is uh an episode about 9-11 but i guess a, a little bit about afghanistan um you know it's 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 a it's a country that's has a deep history of being invaded over and over again as as early as you know the roman empire then the english when they made it to asia the soviet union between 1979 and 89 not a lot of people know about that but we're going to touch on that and how it relates to uh okay. 9/11 and then um and then us we yeah we spent 20 something years there and yeah the way we exited it's not unlike any other country that had to leave you know we uh, of course but today's media, they point out everything that went wrong. But yeah, a lot of things went wrong. It wasn't done right. But the reality is, you know, that's a country that just can't be conquered. And, you know, it's to some extent, it's a country that doesn't know how to be a country, if that makes sense. I mean, maybe they've just been getting too fucked over the years that they, they haven't even had the chance to, like, kind of develop their own, I guess, their own future. I mean, their own kind of like, you know, I wouldn't say culture, but kind of like... um Starting fresh, starting new, having their own economy, having their own. They have had. To, they've always been in out, in and out of war, and trying to been, uh, you know, been conquered and invaded. So it's true. It's maybe true. That has something to do with that. In, and and on top of that, it's a country that's made up of tribes, and um, these in these tribes, they don't have this concept of nationhood. So to them, mm. the concept of an Afghanistan, okay. a country. It's foreign to them, you know. Makes All they know is what's going on in their village and maybe their tribe, and that's it. Anything outside of that, it's like, why do I care? Right. You know? Makes sense. So There's no sense of uh, nationalism, I no. guess. And you know what? Okay, I'm glad you touched on that because... I mean, here, here, right after that event, man, that's all that I felt. I was proud to be a fucking American, bro. Mm-hmm. And then you're talking, me, you're talking about me being a coming from immigrant parents, you know. But I was like, damn, like fuck yeah, like or not fuck yeah, but we we were um, we, we were responding aggressively to to this to the whole nine eleven thing. Everybody came together. I even bought some buttons or whatever, donate to this, and I was like, kind of proud to be in America because it's kind of like you know you kind of don't fuck with us and. Especially what you see on TV, bro. Like, uh, that we're coming back and we're hitting them, and there's terrorism. They hate us. That's what we're that we were being fed. Especially as a child, it's like there's people overseas that fucking hate you, and you know they want to blow you to bits. That's all I knew as yeah. a kid, and you and know? you don't know why, and you don't they know hate, why, yeah. exactly. And most people don't know why. Yep. And it's not until now that I really see or start questioning shit or start talking to people like you, bro, which, uh, you know, you, you know quite a bit about, especially uh, Middle Eastern uh, history. It was like, damn, maybe, <laughs> maybe I, I now I'm seeing why America's so hated, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, maybe they have some sense. Like, you know, despite all the things America has done and all, all of our faults, I, I don't think there's any other country I'd rather be in. Oh, 100%. Than here. Yeah. yeah, this country has done a lot of terrible things, but for the benefit of its own people, if that makes sense. It's it's a double-edged store, mm-hmm. uh, sword, if that makes Double-headed sense. Double-headed dildo, as my boy says. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. yeah, if they didn't do half the things they did, I mean, we wouldn't have this life of abundance and all the cool things we have that other people in other countries just can't even think about having, you know? Right. So another conversation but um yeah yeah so uh, 
I guess, a little bit about the history there. Everyone probably remembers, you know, the time the the towers went down and the war and all that. And, yeah, there was a lot of nationalism and pride. Like, yeah, we have to go and get them back. And rightfully so, you know. People it, were enlisting like crazy. I mean, the it, young males were just oh, yeah. boom, boom, you know. Like, Who didn't know what else to do with their lives? I, I knew a few of them in school. And, you know, I, I, I would ask them, some of the Marines who were in the engineering program, like, uh, why'd you join? Uh-huh. Um, and, you know, a lot of their reasons were, well, you know, I, I didn't know what else to do. The towers had just been hit, and I just I, I just felt like I had to do it, you right. know? Sense of duty. Sense of duty, you know? And uh, they sign up, they go. I think only one of them I knew uh, went to Afghanistan. A couple of the others, they were in Iraq, which the invasion was two years after 9-11. Um, one guy I knew, well, I guess funny thing. He invaded because he uh, no he didn't he didn't invade he enlisted because he was trying to get away from the cartel. <laughs> what? Oh man! I'm not gonna I'm not gonna dox him or nothing. I don't even know, I don't That's, even know if he listens to this. Yeah. But funny guy, I knew him from school. Uh, awesome guy, great oh, guy. That means he okay. That makes him super interesting. What the fuck was going on in his life that he uh, rather go blow up uh, other shit in another country than? Him? So I guess he he grew up in Chula Vista. Oh okay, and he was friends with a lot of um, what do you call them? Uh, fresas like the oh the, man the narco juniors yeah, yeah. and all that. So, okay, okay. So probably the, the narco juniors, especially yeah. that was popping early two thousands, late nineties. Um, on so, this side of the border, though. On, on this, this side, side, yeah. But even then, like yeah. these kids, they they had visas. Yeah, they, yeah, they yeah. were rich yeah. people. The, like the, the rich people who mm-hmm. send their kids to school here. Yeah. yeah, and he got caught up with the wrong crowd, and they were like, "Hey, we want you to help." You know, essentially pick up people at the border, and you know, in the middle of nowhere in the, in the night, and bring them over, mm-hmm. and. um I guess one night when he was supposed to show up, I, I, something like this. Oh, so he agreed to it. I think he 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 sort of agreed to it, and he backed out, and they didn't like that. And he's like, "I gotta get, it takes I gotta get one time. I gotta bro. get the fuck yeah, out of here." Yeah. And so he's like, "I don't know where to go." So he joined the army. Okay. And then we, yeah, he did his time in the army. He was a plane mechanic. He came back and um, you know, went to school, and now he's just living his life. No one bothers him. Oh, sweet. <laughs> It worked out. Oh, I'm sure half those guys who were giving him a hard time are dead. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're not lying, bro. But, dead or in prison? <laughs> yeah, that's funny. You're not lying. But uh, anyways, man, going going into it a little bit. Shit. Okay. Um, twenty two years later, bro. Obviously, you know people start putting things together. Things don't, especially as I think this has a lot to do with it. Especially after the internet has um, evolved into what it is now, that we we're one Google away. One, there's a whole mass of research that we can do now, and maybe it wasn't available. Maybe the people weren't as adapted to that as they are now. Everybody's the one Twitter away or whatever the fuck, right? So I think people have been putting two and two together. Things don't make sense. You know, the storyline and the narrative that they've been feeding us uh, regarding 9-11, it just doesn't add up. And that's my thing, right? Especially looking at now, especially hearing other people that really have kind of dedicated a big part of their lives to kind of figuring this shit out and kind of like putting facts out there and um, kind of digging through the fucking mess uh, to feed us kind of the, you know, some the best truth that they can. It's like, damn, like... Holy crap, I would never thought that it's an inside job. Um, all I knew is that there was other people. To me, the first word that, I mean, first thing that comes to mind is Osama, right? Uh, little do we know that he was a CIA informant. For, he, he, he wasn't an informant. He was an it, asset. He was an he asset. He was an asset. 100%. Oh, yeah. So we'll get into that mm-hmm. a little bit. But, I mean, so what do you think about that? Just 
straight off the top, do you think it was an inside job? I, I don't know if it was an inside job. I've heard all the theories for why people would want to uh, believe or think it's an inside job. And I got to say this. All I have to say is this. It, it, it was a per- It's a perfect storm for whoever wanted it to be a perfect storm. Right. The, the fact of the matter is it happened, and it happened for a reason. A, lot, a reason uh, people tend to forget. It's part of our history, and they don't teach it in schools. And it, it's not like it's, any, it's a conspiracy. It's a, it's a legit thing that happened. We'll get into. Um, for, and all, all the things that led up to 9-11 um, and the reasons for why. But as far as the theory, the conspiracies or just the theories in general, I mean, it must have been someone's perfect storm if any of those conspiracies are true. Let's right. just put it that way. Because I'd say the two were exclusive. It was just a coincidence that uh, whether that conspiracy happened or not, it, it, it's just a coincidence it was on the same day as 9-11. Or maybe, you know, there, there, there is something. There's some kind of correlation. But I wouldn't say... Uh, 9-11 was like pushed to happen it happened right and maybe people knew about it they knew it was going to happen and they took advantage of the situation in their favor i've heard that i've heard that um to me man looking through uh, like a whole bunch of stuff and kind of hearing uh different people out i definitely think that it was orchestrated and like you said there's so many moving parts to it I think that a whole bunch of people benefited kind of independently but from the same catastrophic event and so that's where, like, a whole bunch of things is like, man, like, okay, so you know about the money missing and, you know, the insurance fraud and so a whole bunch of shit. So I think that it was just like you set the perfect storm for a lot of fucking benefits, man. There's a lot of, I don't know if you want to get into a little bit of the story in which I think that 9-11, like, set the trigger off for a lot. To set, it was kind of set in motion, the whole, um, you know, war in the Middle East and us uh, taking over and uh, destabilizing the Middle East and going after Hussein or whatever. But it had been years leading up to that, oh, right? Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. I, and I think you're more expert in that, you know? like It's complex, but there's so, so many things. Like, I'm sure a lot of people remember, yeah, okay, so you have 9-11. It happens. It was Osama bin Laden, who is from uh, Saudi Arabia, and he, the guy came from money. And um, just a little bit of background, his dad was actually a civil engineer. He used to oh. do all these projects across Africa and Middle East, and they made a bunch of money off of okay. it. Uh, one day, Osama takes over the uh, the construction company contractor, and he's doing his thing. That's what he does, and that's how he makes his money. Um, somehow, way back in the day, uh, he is enlisted by the CIA to be an asset. In Afghanistan, but when this is between 1979 and 1989, when the Soviet Union invaded Afghanistan. Okay, not, and, okay. Not a lot of people know this. Afghanistan at one point was a communist country. You know, uh, people might have seen the photos back in the day of women wearing skirts and not mm. covered from head to toe. Yes, I heard about yeah. this. It was very progressive, very oh. kind of liberal-ish, you know? I, yeah, I, I'd say, you know, they had like a, a a progressive government to some extent. But yeah, it was a communist uh, society. And mm-hmm. um, you had a lot of the, I guess, local, uh, the native tribe, the tribes and all that who weren't down. They're like, what is this whole nationhood communist thing? We, we don't have anything to do with it. You know, everything should have to do with like God, religion and all that stuff. Right. 
And then, so uh, Afghanistan's having problems. It's 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 being uh, destabilized by the local tribes who don't want to have anything to do with communism, which right. is what the, the that that makes the American hap- the Americans happy, right? They're like, okay, cool, uh, communism, one less country there. That is until the Soviet Union is like, all right, you know, it makes sense for us to go there. They're a communist country, and that's that's another country that's that much closer to the, uh, I believe it's the. Um, the, the Gulf, like the the ocean, so they can have another naval base one day. That's you know that the Soviet gotcha. Union had naval bases all over the place because of their reach, um, and Afghanistan was like the perfect opportunity for for them to go in there, stabilize the country, and make their presence presence known, so that one day they can have a port of their own. Even though Afghanistan is a landlocked country, the only other country in the way would have either been Iran or um, Pakistan. And I'm sure the Soviet Union had plans for that as well. But but their their end goal was to go in, stabilize the country, make sure communism is there to stay, so that one day they could eventually make their push towards the ocean and build a naval base. Okay, okay. So they spend 10 years there, all right? And the U.S. is like, no, we're not down. So there's this, uh, I don't know if he's a congressman or a senator. His name is Charlie Wilson. There's a movie, Tom mm-hmm. Hanks. Great movie. I recommend it. Um, he, he, he catches wind of like, oh, you know, there are these local fighters on the ground in Afghanistan who are trying to fight the Soviets, kick them out. They're called the, um, I think it's the Mujahideen, all right? Mm-hmm. And he decides he wants to back them. He wants to use U.S. tax dollars to back them through the CIA. Okay. So that's how, okay. they, that's they, how they get they Osama. A, yeah, that, they have a knack for doing that. Yes. They get Osama to go in there with money and weapons and training. Mm-hmm. Um, to go and fight the Soviets, kick them out of Afghanistan. Sounds, sounds familiar, bro. That's what they did with the Contras, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Mm. Nicaragua, I mean, they're, <clears throat> that's not the only country. Nicaragua, I think Guatemala was, I mean, Latin America is no, what's the word, uh, stranger to this yeah. type of uh, behavior. In, in fact, the whole Middle East, countries in Africa, it happens all the time. Yeah. Mm. And um, so, yeah, uh, 10 years of fighting goes on, and the Soviet Union, um, they just have one set setback after the other. First is Chernobyl, then it's their war in Afghanistan, which is not going well, and they're like, we're done. We have to call it quits. It's costing too much. And, you know, two years after they withdraw, there's no more Soviet Union. It's just Russia and a bunch of other Eastern European countries. So that's that story. But here, here, here's how Osama ties in to 9-11 and Afghanistan from, the, from that 10-year mm-hmm. period. The U.S. promised after they promised the locals that, you know, once they help kick out um, the Soviet Union and, you know, get any get rid of all the communism and all that, we'll help you guys. out. We'll build roads, schools, hospitals. We're going to do all these great things for you guys if you just fight for us to kick the Soviets out. Right. The war in Afghanistan ends 1979 to 1989. And the U.S. doesn't do any of the things they promised to do. And that really, really ticked them off. Like, yo, we did all this for you. You know, we, we did what you asked us to do. We get, we, we fought. Did the work. We fought your dirty war. Yeah. We kicked them out. Now fulfill your end. And the U.S. is like, sorry, can't. Suck us. Yeah. <laughs> so fast forward uh, to September 11th, 2001. Yeah. Osama bin Laden, that was his revenge. So that was his thing. That okay. was his middle finger to the U.S. <clears throat> like, you, you fucked us. We're going to fuck you. That that was his, that that was it. Yeah. Okay. I think that um, oh man, that was I'm blinking now. Obviously, but no, Osama. Obviously, he was he was been around. He they had known him, but um, 
they also it was like I think eighteen hijackers between sixteen and eighteen hijackers for these four planes. Mm-hmm. So let's just recap. They did. Uh, they they hit the north tower, the south tower, another plane. Uh, Crash in the field. Crash in the field. I don't know too much about that one. And the Pentagon, which is big too. Yes. Um, Not a lot of people talk about the Pentagon one. That one's, I think, the most important one. It's crazy because they talk more about the plane that crashes in the field than the one that hit the Pentagon. Yeah. And the story behind the one that crashed in the field, I'm guessing, you know, that my, my understanding is the passengers were able to fight back and take the plane back. That's, but That's the narrative they're giving it us. It didn't go well. Right. It didn't go well. So it crashes in a field. So you hear more about that than you do about the one that hit the Pentagon. And I'm like, not that anyone's more important than the other, but I'm like, why Why don't you ever hear about the one that hit the Pentagon? I've never really looked into that. I mean, what what, what have you heard? Um, uh, I mean, the fact that... Uh, okay, so September 10, let's go one day before 9-11. They, um, the Pentagon had came out publicly stating that $2.3 trillion were missing in transactions within the Pentagon. So that's half of their whole budget is like, oh, we can't track that down. What to do? Oh, no. So that, where it crashed, supposedly, and I'm going to get into why it didn't crash at all. Um, that's where they were investigating that. And it also, um, it has to, they were doing the same investigations of this whole transactions deals and World Trade Center 7. So uh, Building 7 is a... Buildings totally separate from um, from the two twin, twi- twin towers, and that collapsed on itself. It imploded on itself. No plane crash, nothing. It just fucking and basically they're saying that uh, based off the two twin towers, some of the rumble hit it and fires, and that's how it imploded, bro. Well, and, what was the proximity like? How close? Oh, okay. So check they? this out. A lot of yeah. people don't know this, and I didn't know this myself, bro, but. Uh, so the Twin Towers are obviously next to each other. Well, the whole World Trade Center, it's actually like a little plaza. Yeah. It's like, mm-hmm. I didn't know that. So there's World Trade Center, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I don't know if there's more than that. So they're in proximity, bro. They're like, fuck, man, within like, it's like a campus. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like a, a plaza campus. So obviously if one hits, um, you know, if one hits within close proximity, they're kind of next to each other. And they, it's just... It's just not plausible, bro. Um, but let, let's stick to the Pentagon thing. So that's what happens. $2.3 trillion are missing. And, um, you know, the plane that crashed into there, nobody really saw it. There was uh, there was cameras cameras outside that ca- caught nothing because all the CCTVs were, like, down for maintenance. Um, there was a, there was a, I think there was a uh, security or, or even a taxi driver bystander that saw the implosion. They heard it, saw it, but they never saw no plane. Also, it's very hard to get a plane down to fucking proximity of Earth, like, and keep it level, so fucking perfectly level that there's no crash landing. So it doesn't hit the ground and fucking and it it just it's kind of horizontal to the actual building and it's so hard to fucking do that. Not only that, bro. Uh, workers inside, um, you know, some survived. And I know there's a black lady. I, I saw her interview. She was uh she was typing really close, right next to uh within within. And as they are leaving, everybody's leaving. There's no rubble of a plane. There's no wings. There's no every all the plane parts are like. They've been scattered around, and you can hold it in your hand. There was no wings. There's no tail. There's no actual fucking plane. It's just a hole in the wall. It's in, and it's a, such a perfectly hole that there's no mess around it, bro. And if 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 a plane crashes anywhere, it's gonna create like you know, 
parts are going to go flying. Sure. Yeah. Right. So it's just kind of weird. And it's funny because the guy that actually was in charge of the missing money, he was kind of uh, backtracking. Um, he wasn't, he had just left his office, meaning that that's where his workstation was. But for whatever the reason, um, he had moved. He left he had, his desk. Yeah, not 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 to say he left his desk momentarily, but he yeah. his he he was uh, he moved desks or rooms uh, a couple weeks before that. So that was his um, old desk, old okay. location, shit like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's that's the craziest part. Plus, you're talking about uh, the Pentagon, bro. It should be under surveillance twenty four seven. You would imagine that they have high security. Sure. So yeah. there's like um, you know, it's, it's just kind of that doesn't really make sense, right? I so I can't speak on you know. Uh, what actually happened? Because again, it's one thing I never really looked into, but I can tell you this. I've heard about the whole like, oh, money going missing. Uh The Department of Defense, that is the one department out of all the U.S. departments that can never pass an audit, meaning there's always money that just goes accounted for. So yeah, the fact that, oh, money was missing, surprise, surprise. That's the one department that can never account for anything. Uh, in total like there's always something that's missing and it's all substantial and and somehow you know they never get in trouble for it it's a slap on their hand and you know all right whatever it happened so but yeah no that's something worth uh looking into i, I never thought about it because you don't hear about it yeah. no one talks about yeah, it yeah exactly yeah. nobody does and no. even I, there was there man there's always people that are intrigued and looking into it man, people and journalists who have actually looked into it they've been slowly you know I don't know. They they must be the unhappiest fucking people because they keep on you know killing themselves, um, either one thing or another. You know what I mean? Um, so another thing from nine eleven, bro, that really caught my attention is the fact that um, oh man, there's just so many things. But one of the things is that the government was um doing like um what's it called when they the drills all throughout the country mm. they were doing kind of like these little uh terrorist fire drills shit like that so what i mean by that is that they they had been in previous months before that uh seeing how fast uh, uh f-16 could intercept uh planes uh in case they were dude this is months before in case a plane crashed into the buildings could we get there in time they or into the pentagon they they established that they couldn't on um, that day that they were um that day they were doing a lot of tests and I'm talking about different people in government. So talking about the aerial, the, on, on the airspace, they actually told it, the government, they, they told the military, Hey, we're going to have four planes. There's going to be four planes that are undetected or uh, what's it called when, uh, don't worry about them. Don't enter. They, they were given instructions to not intercept four planes that they're going to be unmarked. Sure. Okay. And so obviously the military, the day of just be like, Oh, Okay, you know, people who weren't in on it, they were like, oh, okay, um, that's the four planes. Don't worry about them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, probably one of ours. Yeah, yeah. probably one of ours. So that's what happened. Never got intercepted, never nothing. Plane goes into uh, one of the buildings, boom. And, bro, immediately, I mean, starts flaming all that shit, right? It's just the whole thing, the whole concept of it coming down, it just doesn't make sense. They say that, you know, these steel beams, the, the, the fucking melting point is fucking so high. It's like, how is it that the whole thing collapsed in on itself perfectly into its own footprint? Um, that I, makes no fucking... I have, I have a thought on that. Mm-hmm. So, like, you've heard about, like, uh, if your house catches on fire, mm-hmm. the internal temperature of the house... Cooks it, up. Oh, it, it cooks up like crazy, you know? And perhaps 
that's what happened on the towers, you know. I've heard, I've heard the theories like, oh, you know, like yeah, the steel beams and all the like their melting point. Like, how, how was that possible? But you really think about it. If it, the internals of the building are on fire, the it's going to cook much higher, and the the jet, the jet fuel does not help, and all the building materials that were involved. It's not just beams; it's just right. all kinds of crap, you know. I mean, it seals. It's 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 steel and concrete, though. It's pretty. It's got high yeah. melting point, high um, you know, I guess resistance, and for it to come down all of it on itself, and it's but it's just so proof that it came on itself. You know what I'm saying? If there was um. A fire usually it's abstract. This was like perfectly into an, its own footprint. That that just makes no sense. Also, bro, uh, days before um, the actual attack, um, the whole building was there was like a bomb threat, right? So the whole building was evacuated so that a bomb squad could go in, um, meaning that that'd be the perfect time to maybe place something. You know what I'm saying? Uh, could have been C four. Could have been. Could have been explosions. Also, a lot, in a lot of footage that you could see, people um, filming on the ground, it's the biggest explosion. But right before it collapses on itself, you can zoom in and see puffs of smoke come from below win- windows. Perfectly spaced, perfectly timed. You see the puff, boom, then it collapses, boom, boom, boom. It's just... Just seems like a fucking controlled uh, demolition. Okay. Just seems like a controlled demolition. Not only that, bro. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but these two, and th- this is what I really liked about it. Is, you know, especially being a civil engineer or whatever. Uh, there was the civil engineer that designed these fucking buildings. It they were um, built to withstand a plane crashing into them. Oh wow! It, okay. they, it was at the time when it, they were fucking built. It was designed for a Boeing seven oh seven. Okay. Which at the time, big one, big one, big one, and a lot more fuel than the ones that these crashed. Okay. The ones that crashed into these buildings, buildings is a seven fifty seven. Okay. Um. Before what I don't know how the numerology works, but for some reason the plane that it was designed to take, it's a lot bigger and a lot more fuel. Wow. And so that's what they took into account. Actually, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah that's it, interesting. it's really fucking interesting. Really cool. Yeah. Um, this guy, this guy was talking about it, and you know how fucking easy this guy made it seem. He said the fact that a plane would go into my building is like a fucking pencil going through like a net. Like it'll just fucking just sit there. You know, you know what I'm saying. Um, not only that, he also said that. Uh, oh, um, another, another thing. He's like, it's just like something going to like a little spider web, like a little whatever, bro. It, it'll just fucking sit there. So that, that was that. Then the buildings. Okay, so check this out. When it comes down to the steel, when when the buildings came down, um, it was really fishy how they took all the steel and they fucking immediately shipped it overseas. Immediately shipped it overseas. They were not like, you know, uh, fourth party entities. They couldn't run tests on the fucking steel. They couldn't get a hold of steel. I think they're made up. I think there was four um, companies that could have, but they were all appointed by George Bush. Um, FEMA couldn't get in there and do, run studies on the rubble. Um, and not only that, bro, uh, how convenient is it that, you know, all the rubble, all the, the, the trash, the steel, all that shit, bro, it took four months to clean up. And coincidentally, one of the, I think one or two of the passports of the hijackers were, fell, like, and was found a couple blocks away. Right, no in, I swear, bro, it, it fell on right to the, you know, FBI's lap. Oh, like, oh, we got these two <laughs> passports. And you know what, bro? They had, like, little uh, burn marks. They had okay. little burn, you know, little burn. Yeah. Oh, we got them. Yeah. 
it just doesn't make sense. It just, you know, one thing starts adding to another. It just doesn't make sense. Also, uh, the steel beams, the, the, the few ones that were recovered, they, they're cut at a 45 degree angle. Okay. Okay. So that, um, you know, experts are saying is like, you only see that when there is a controlled demolition. Okay. What, they, they, they go and they pre-cut. Interesting. They pre-cut they or, pre-cut. or they pre-cut or they fucking infuse it. You know, they, they kind of, um, it's perforated. Yeah, it's perforated. Okay. So it, it, they make it create a weak joint. Okay. So that's fuck, man. It's just Interesting. stuff here starts adding up, and it just makes no sense to me. Um, now there's there is question also. There is also questions whether the planes were even filled with people. A lot of people say that they weren't. And but you know you know what's crazy about that though is that there's a lot of nine one one calls. You know you know like not nine one one calls, but uh, people on board from call the plane it, from the plane okay. calling their family yeah. members. Yeah. I mean I don't know, but um, just a whole sh- oh not only that bro eighteen people eighteen hijackers and they all got on board they 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 mastered planned all of this with box cutters. That's how they took control. Oh, wow. That that's what they used. That's how they got around this. That is their weapon of choice. Bo- fucking box cutters, yeah. bro. It just makes no fucking sense. So yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. And here's another one for you. Uh, I don't know if you knew this, but so that both buildings were acquired by a uh, Mr. Larry Silverstein. Okay. A couple months before, maybe fool. I'm talking a couple months before, like two, three months before. Uh huh. All right. He got these buildings um, on a deal. I mean. <laughs> You know, I think a couple million dollars, couple million dollars. All right. What? Yeah. A couple million dollars. I don't know. 70, a hundred million, something okay. like that. Right. A lot of money for a lot us. Of money. Uh, he immediately ups the insurance and the insurance covers terrorism. Not only that, he um, always has breakfast on the North Tower. Same time every fucking day. Mm-hmm. Never misses work. He's one of those never misses yeah. work type of guy. Yeah. Okay. Well, that day of 9-11, he just doesn't come in. Because he had a little dentist appointment. Okay. His wife, you know, wife got set up a little dentist appointment, so he didn't come in. Um, not only that, bro. Okay, I don't know um, how, um, that, this is a coincidence, right? But he's Jewish. He's Jewish? Oh. <laughs> like, I'm not saying nothing bad about Jews, but all, all his little Jew friends just happened to skip the day at work, too. Oh, boy. Um, you yeah. Know? Okay. So that's kind of weird. And um, so check this out. Once the dust settled after the whole 9-11 thing, he got awarded $4.5 million, I'm sorry, not million, billion dollars off of the insurance. The settlement. Wow. The settlement. Okay. So it's just like, damn, it's just crazy. Um, you know, one thing leading to another, and it's just like. Well, I've heard a lot of different, like, um, conspiracies. Um, all, all different, all different, but they are all, they all have something to do with nine 11, you know, whether right. it was, yeah, like the money missing, um, this story, you're just telling me about a guy who, who bought the building. I had no clue, bought the buildings and, and increased his policy coverage so that he could get a higher uh, payout in the event something would happen. I've heard stuff about, uh, the Clintons and <laughs> I've heard so many so, things. Okay. I can't put my finger on it right now, but I know that a couple months ago I was looking into that and something about a sex trafficking uh, operation that they were looking into also in Building 7. Okay. So um, I think it ties in. But like I say, you know how we're saying a whole bunch of people benefited from this. I wouldn't doubt for one second that, you know, it's just another thing that they they included in there. You know, the fact that I think the Clinton Foundation was being investigated for uh, sex trafficking at the time. And they they were building a case. And, you know, it's just magically everything just aligns, you know. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I, I you, nobody has anything good to say about the Clintons anymore. Yeah, yeah. no, fuck those people, man. <laughs> fuck those people. But yeah, um, crazy, bro. And I, off of that event, you know, like, fuck. They knew Osama's, they knew who to go after one day, well, hours, he, hours he after. He claimed credit for it. No, he didn't. I thought he did. No, he didn't. So he never claimed, he claimed that, yeah, he's like, my hat's off. To okay. whoever did it, but he never claimed uh, it. So he was happy. Yeah, he was happy. He was about happy it, it okay, happened. Okay. He hates Americans. He yeah. hates, you know, whatever. But um, he never actually claimed it. Wow. Yeah. And um, man, what else? Oh, Building 7. Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen the footage. Same fucking deal. Boom, boom, boom. Like, you can see small little implosions within, um, like, the windows, and then it just fucking comes down. Okay. Like, like uh, if it was a Christmas tree, boom, sure. like, like that, and just, yeah. do, 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 it just fucking comes straight fucking down. I, I guess uh, the other uh, thing we're leaving out, it's actually more current in the news, and it has been in the last couple of years, every anniversary of 9-11, how um, the Saudis are getting blamed. Or, oh, really? uh, yeah, because I think, ma- don't quote me on this, majority of the hijackers of, uh, were from Saudi Arabia. A few, I think, were from Egypt. Um, but that is my understanding. And how it's on mainstream media. There's something going around about how the Saudis had some kind of involvement in, um, in 9-11, uh, in, in, in causing it to happen. And I don't know if the U.S. government has been looking into it. Maybe they have, and they just won't release the documents. But there, there's something, uh, there, there's some kind of involvement that people are claiming, and it makes sense for why. Okay, if they, if there was some kind of involvement, the U.S. government is not going to release anything that would make Saudi Arabia look bad. Why? Because they happily, at the moment. Sell all of their oil in the U.S. dollar. Oh, right. That is the currency that it is sold in. And who prints the U.S. dollar? We do. We're the country that prints it. So we're the ones who benefit from another country pricing their abundant oil in dollars. So, you know, yeah, they're they're not going to say anything bad about Saudi Arabia. It's not. I mean, Saudi Arabia does all kinds of horrible shit. You know, human rights violations and all that stuff. And we turn a blind eye on it. We don't say anything. Right. Why? Because they have something we need. Right. So and and they happily give it to us in our own currency, not theirs, ours or anyone else's. So it's um it's a complicated two-party mutual benefit uh, beneficial relationship. Right. And yeah, so people leave, people always uh, it, it, you'll hear about it more and more, but yeah, oh, Saudi Arabia, Saudi Arabia, they had something to do with it. Huh. I hadn't heard about that, but I I mean, I don't fucking doubt it, bro. Um what do you think about the whole BRICS thing that's going on? These guys are trying to, you know, fuck over the dollar. It, it, it's interesting because, you know, all these countries, um, yeah, the whole world, I guess, for the sake of this conversation, their reserve currency is the U.S. dollar. When you go to Mexico, you know, and yeah, you're, you're uh, they take both dollars and pesos, but um, I guess they're not the best example. Let, let's talk about... Um, I guess when you go to, uh, shit, like one of the countries in the Bahamas, they they have their own currency, like the pound or something. It's not the British pound; like they they have their own version of the pound. It's backed by the U.S. dollar. A lot of these foreign currencies that are around the world, you know, they are backed by the U.S. dollar. That is the reserve currency. Why? Because business around the world is done in dollars. And why is that? 
it, it all co- comes back down to oil. Oil is priced in dollars. And all these countries who are developing and are trying to grow their economies and all that, well, they, they need dollars to buy oil. So it's a, it's a big, big thing. Uh, it, it's a huge thing. Uh, the U.S. being able to um, have another country set their price in our own currency. Now, these BRICS countries, yeah, they have a problem with that because they're essentially slaves to our own currency. They can't readily print it. It's not like we can. It, they're, it's not there at their disposal. So, you know, they can only buy oil when they've got the money for it, right? Right. right. They can't, you know, China at the moment can't go around buying oil in the yuan. Uh South Africa, I don't know what their currency is, but they're one of the BRICS countries. They can go around buying oil and whatever their currency is uh, or, or do business with any other country, for that matter, on any other commodity because the dollar is king. That's what everybody wants. So business has to be done in dollars. Um, so, you know, all these countries, these BRICS nations, it's Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa. Yeah, they all have one thing in common. They're, they're slaves to the U.S. dollar, and they are trying to create their own currency that's, they say, supposedly backed by something of value, gold probably, that's what they'll go with, Yeah. Um, so that their currencies are actually worth something that people want to do business in those currencies. Whether it's they create a brand new world reserve currency or, or they just come to some kind of an agreement where, yeah, you know, we'll do business with you as long as your money is backed by something, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the whole idea behind it. But to be honest with you, something like the BRICS, it will never take off. I'll tell you why. What do all those countries have in common? They're all corrupt. <laughs> Nobody wants to do business. No, like if they came up with some kind of currency, I, I wouldn't touch it with a 10-foot pole. No yeah. way, because they're all just super corrupt country they can't trust themselves no yeah they yeah. can't even they have so many so many internal problems people over there don't even trust mm-hmm. their own government mm-hmm. you know so it's like why would i want to use their currency you know i know right. we're not the best we've got our issues here but at least our currency doesn't suffer from hyperinflation it's relatively stable and it's still the world reserve currency right and on top of that debt world debt you know it's still denominated in dollars so people who have to pay off their debt it has to be in dollars so gotcha. it's going to be a long time before the dollar goes anywhere. Right. But anyways, bro, um, man, the whole 9-11 thing, it kind of, uh, like like we said, it really pivoted America. And where, where do we see ourselves now? Um, you know, boom, immediately going after Saddam Hussein and Osama bin Laden for having uh, weapons of mass destruction, you know, and it's just, that's where we've been at yeah. for for the last, you know, we're well, done. at least we're done. We're yeah, done, we're yeah, done now. We, we spent, we spent a lot of 20 time years, and money, time and man. money in two countries. And if you look back on it, what did we accomplish? Nothing, bro. nothing, absolutely nothing. A whole bunch of defense contractors got rich and the American taxpayer, they, they paid for it. And, and whether it's, Directly through taxes or inflation, because uh, not a lot of people know this either. The U.S. government runs on a deficit. So all their spending, it's not covered by the taxes they bring in. They have to print money on an annual basis just to cover their expenditures. Mm-hmm. So it's the inflation, uh, a lot of people in the economics world, they call it a hidden tax. It's a hidden tax. You had no say in it. Mm. You, you, you know, you it, it just happens. And... 
you know, if you're lucky enough to save, put your money into stocks, real estate, whatever, yeah, sure, you're hedging against inflation. But if you're the poor man who's living paycheck to paycheck and can barely get by, yeah, your mentality is my money's better today than it is tomorrow. I'm just going to spend it. Right. Yeah, you know, and, and to some extent you're okay with it because uh, it, the, the attitude is it is what it is. And um, that's the other problem. And that's how they paid for these wars. You know, it's it's taxation and printing money that also hurts the little guy who's trying to save a buck, you know. Right. So, yeah, 20 years. Uh, I, I don't quite remember when we left Iraq. That was, I think, much prior to leaving Afghanistan. Um, but uh, they, they had some similar issues with the ISIS and all that. But yeah, we leave Afghanistan. It's a total failure. The Taliban are back in charge. They were in charge when we invaded. We toppled them, kicked them out, and we tried to we tried to conquer a country that's just... It's not capable of being conquered. If, if, if you like history, you'll know that. You'll know that that's a country that cannot be conquered. And we spent time and resources just just trying to create a nation uh that couldn't be built and yeah we left and it was all for nothing right it was all for nothing the guy we were trying to go after wasn't even in afghanistan yeah he was in pakistan who we thought was our friend we thought pakistan was our ally in that region so they should have coughed him up yeah and you know whether or not they knew that he was there that's a whole other conspiracy So, so check this out um and you know how i said that osama didn't claim it Al-Qaeda, was it Al-Qaeda? I think it was Al-Qaeda, bro. Al-Qaeda. Yeah, it was yeah. Al-Qaeda in which uh, the government was like, oh, like we're going to come after you guys. Yeah. Like, cough them back up. Yeah. Like, give it. Like, give. And Al-Qaeda was like, show us that this man is uh, guilty. It so show us that it was Osama. It was the Taliban. They, oh, it was it, the I Taliban? I mean, Al-Qaeda was hiding in Afghanistan. Uh-huh. But, yeah, uh, America was like, give him up. And the Taliban who were in charge of Afghanistan, yeah, they're like, can you, oh. Yeah, exactly. Give them up yeah. or show me proof. And it was just like, no, no, you know. So there was never uh, hard evidence. He never uh, claimed the the act. Um, but but so that that makes it a little bit weird. Anyways, we start invading right over yep. weapons of mass destruction. And I, I want to touch but, a little bit about the documentary that you sent me, which is Iraq. We we invade them for weapons okay. of mass destruction. We go to Afghanistan for Osama, who we think is there. Okay, yeah. And so at which point do we go after Hussein? Because the documentary that you sent me, I watched it. And, man, it just sounds like, okay, so Bush, this is what I understood from it. Bush, Condoleezza Rice, and um, who was it? All His little panel, uh, they fucking, they sold this war to us, uh, to the American public. So it's like they were already, they knew that they were going to invade, right? We They knew they were going to invade. Now they just had to sell it to the American Correct. public. It was going to happen. It was going to happen it was a regardless. Of time. Regardless of nine eleven was a was a again a perfect I, storm I, I, for that, bro. That's why they, it ties in. Like it's just it tr- it's the trigger. It's like it's been set in motion. Yep. But there had been time that they they have been trying to sell us or kind of pre- prepping us, um, to, you know, for us invading. Oh yeah, no, it was it was. Uh, I mean, we'll go into the reason for why it was on the table in the first place. But yeah, I think the fact that nine eleven happened. Yeah, first it was oh. Uh, Saddam Hussein has weapons of mass destruction, and on top of that, oh, Al Qaeda is in Iraq. They're there. He's he's harboring uh, fugitives. Right. They use that reason as well. Neither of the two uh, are are true. Okay, N- neither of those uh, reasons were true. That that was debunked. You know, years later, we go in to uh, 
uh, Iraq and we say, oh, we're going to go there and spread democracy. You know, we're going to get rid of this guy. He's got the weapons of mass destructions. Like, no, he didn't have any of that. They did a full accounting and you watched the documentary. They, 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 there were a couple of ballistic missiles that were unaccounted for, but those ballistic like missiles weren't even armed. On the wrist. They weren't even like armed. Nothing. There yeah. was no, they didn't have the material in mm-hmm. those missiles to make them dangerous. You know, so they had them destroyed. They, is, they were probably destroyed. Yeah. They were just never accounted for. Yeah. Okay. So they didn't find a single piece of evidence that linked the uh, that that was tied to the claim that you know Iraq had weapons of mass destruction. And so people that don't know this, I, it wasn't in the documentary that it showed that um, there was over five hundred inspections in all the whole state of Iraq. The, right, the, the whole country, the whole country. The whole country. Um, yeah, they, 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 and they did not find not even testing facilities, correct. manufacturing facilities, no weapons of mass destruction themselves, no laboratories, nothing. They gave no everything trace. up after the first Gulf War when Bush Senior went there and after Iraq invaded Kuwait, um, right. and and you know Daddy Bush he sent uh, he sent the military there. They kicked uh, the Iraqis out of Kuwait, and then I think they made a push into Iraq, uh, the the U.S. military. And, um, yeah, he did have, uh, I guess you can call them weapons of mass destruction at the time. I wouldn't say, maybe not, I don't know if they were mass destruction, but I think he had a lot of chemical weapons and all that. And, um, yeah, they made him get rid of it. Uh, and then, you know, the claim was, oh, he never did. He never gave up, you know. Um, but, obviously, that was debunked. He did. He, he got rid of everything. Um but uh, the real reason I think that we went over there is you got a guy who was originally a friend of the United States. He was, again, another CIA yes, yes. asset who they helped through a coup to put him in charge of the country. It was a de- They had a democratically elected uh, leader at the time. Uh, Iraq was a true democracy. Really? Yes. And then the problem with Iraq, like a lot of the other Middle Eastern countries at the time who had oil or have oil... Um, they wanted to nationalize the oil, kind of like Mexico. Mexico owns the oil, correct? Right. They own the oil. That's what these countries wanted to do. At the time, the oil was owned by foreign corporations like Chevron, Shell, British mm-hmm. Petroleum. Um, and their mentality was, why should we give away our oil uh, at a you know for nothing? You know, you guys get to keep all the profits. Why, why shouldn't we benefit from our own resource? So, you know, you got you got this populism mindset of like, yeah, let's take back the resources. They're ours. You know, we, sh- we should sell them for our, our own benefit, not not a foreign company's benefit. And, of course, that's not good for the United States or Western countries because they're the ones who use the oil. They benefit off the oil. They need the oil. They need it for cheap. And they need their they need somebody who's going to be in charge who's willing to sell cheap oil to the United States and other Western countries. So what happens, you know? They have a little coup. They put Saddam in charge, and he runs the country, and he's our friend. He's our friend for two reasons. One, he'll sell the U.S. cheap oil. Two, he is willing to go and wage a war on Iran, who we had a problem with. You know, the whole Iranian hostage crisis mm-hmm. thing, you know, they became an Islamic country, and, you know, all of a sudden death to America overnight from that country. So when he invaded Iran, we backed him. We gave him weapons. We gave him funding, whatever he needed to go and conquer iran obviously that was a 10-year war and nobody won they it just nothing got nothing amounted out of it right. except a lot of death so he was useful for a while until he started getting greedy you know he invaded kuwait he said oh they're cheating on their oil quotas you know uh all these countries they're opec countries 
Brazil, Russia, Mexico, Venezuela, Saudi Arabia, Iraq, Kuwait. They're all huge oil-producing countries, and they're part, part of OPEC. And his claim was, oh, Kuwait's, they're not, uh, there's something fishy going on over there, so I'm just going to go in and invade, take over the country, it's going to be part of Iraq, and, you know, we'll handle the oil production. The U.S. didn't like that because we're like, oh, we know what this guy's trying to do. He's trying to control the resource and sell it for whatever he wants to sell it for. You know, set his own price and really benefit right. from it. That's the only reason we go to Kuwait. If Kuwait didn't have oil, we wouldn't have given a fuck. Nobody would have cared right. if Iraq uh, if, if Iraq invaded Kuwait. That's the reason we went, the oil. So, you know, we slapped some sanctions on the guy on uh, on Iraq. Like, okay, you, you guys aren't playing ball. Play ball and we'll get rid of the sanctions, right? Uh, and sanctions are in dollars. So it means you can't do business with that country using dollars. Mm-hmm. And if you're, you're not going to use any other currency to do it. Um, so what did this guy do? He's like, well, if I can't sell my oil in dollars, I'm going to sell it in euros. And he did. He started selling his oil in euros. How much did he make? I don't know. It's in the billions, they say. But that pissed off the U.S. That's a big no-no. Mm-hmm. Oil is priced in dollars. It cannot. That that was the agreement that was made back in the seventies, and you know we can talk about that later. But that was the agreement that was made, and the U.S. didn't like that. And since that, he started doing that, selling in euros. That's when they started cooking up a reason to invade Iraq. Gotcha. And nine eleven was a perfect reason for them to just get the American people hyped up about war. Uh, <clears throat> the propaganda coming off of 9-11 was crazy as well, bro. Even before that, because I know that you, you're more driven towards facts, and uh, I think you're a little bit more, um, you know, like I said. I like the history. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I like, I think the history is important. It's it, People don't know it. They don't know these reasons, and that's the scary part. These things keep happening yes, over and yes, over again. That's, that's it's exactly. not just Iraq. It's not a one-time thing. <clears throat> it's other right. countries, too. And people, they just, it happens, and they're like, okay, that was yesterday's news. You know, yeah. what the fuck is Cardi B doing? Today? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's Doja Cat nowadays, yeah. like devil-ass bitch. <coughs> but anyways, <coughs> bro, um, do you remember when the whole war was going on? And also, like, uh, talk about a little bit about Guantanamo Bay. So we start having all these... Um, these Iraqi fucking uh, prisoners of war, correct? We start putting them in, on this fucking island. You remember all the torture and this, the shit that they did to these fools? So two things. I remember um, I, I remember what happened in Iraq. It was one of Saddam's pr- prisons that get repurposed. You know, the U.S. took over. They made it their prison. That's where they sent a lot of his soldiers. It was called Abu Ghraib. Okay. Yeah, they're doing, you know, human pyramids. Uh, prisoners were naked doing these pyramids, being humiliated. Yes, yes. Just, I just remember that. Really, really fucked up shit. That, you know, ha- have some fucking honor. You know, yeah. if, if you're going to go, if you're a soldier and you're representing this country, go and fight with some fucking honor. Don't do degenerate shit like that. Because one, you, not only do you make yourself look bad, you make the whole country look yeah. bad. Now everyone thinks that's what we're like. Mm-hmm. We're, all, we're a bunch of fucking animals. No, we're not. That, not yeah. No. So, so, you know what I found out about that? Is that they weren't even like active. Uh, they weren't even Taliban. They weren't even Al-Qaeda. They weren't. Bro, I think that they were just fucking um, ranchers and pretty much innocent people, bro. <laughs> that's, lot- what I, that's what I heard about. That they were just kind of like looping around um, uh, people, random people. 
And uh, because they looked apart or whatever, they put them in and start doing all this shit. I didn't know that they were technically innocent. A, a lot of them were Saddam's like Revolutionary Guard, his soldiers in his military that they just they just locked up. They're like, okay, that's okay. where we're gonna put them temporarily until we figure shit out. Guantanamo Bay, on the other hand, that's yeah, that's where we that's where we locked up a lot of the uh, uh, people who had. You know, who were, I guess, in Al-Qaeda and had links to 9-11. Or just in general. They were in Al-Qaeda. We caught them, and we got to keep them somewhere where we can uh, interrogate them. Interrogate, yeah. quote-unquote. You know, <laughs> yeah. use some good old American torture little techniques. Little waterboarding a little yeah, bit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and for those of you who don't know, you know, Guantanamo Bay has been a, a U.S. naval base, I, I think, since the Spanish-American War, which was in the early, maybe late 1800s, early 1900s, Damn. when when Cuba used to be a part of Spain. And um, I don't know the whole story, I forget, but yeah, the U.S. essentially went in there and destroyed you know, the Spanish fleet, and uh, they worked out some kind of agreement. Cuba became an independent country. Independent, you know, quote-unquote. There was a lot of uh, U.S. nonsense going uh, on over there. The mafia building their hotels, businesses, and all that. Right. Uh, you had a dictator who was very friendly with the U.S. So, um, you know, but but I guess that out of that outcome, you know, we got a naval base, Guantanamo Bay. And it's been ours ever since, despite, you know, Castro taking over the island and all that. It's It, it was our base. And... I, my understanding is, yeah, that not only is that where we sent um, the uh, Al Qaeda prisoners, but it's it's, a lot, it's also where a lot of fishy things go on too. Yeah, in terms of like torture and interrogation and all that. So. Right. And you know, uh, I did, what, it was you that told me this. I didn't know about this, but um, you know, uh, presidential candidate right now was in charge of that fucking Desantis. Was Desantis so, so in that, charge of Guantanamo? I get. I, so I I was sent an interview. Where a guy interviewed a um, detainee, a guy who was detained at Guantanamo Bay, and he says, "Yeah, I remember Ron DeSantis." He, um, so Ron DeSantis, uh, he, I think, um, he went to law school. Then he joined the U.S. Navy, and he was essentially a Navy lawyer, attorney. So his job at Guantanamo Bay was to make sure there wasn't any, any torture going on. Anything that the prisoners needed, they got it within reason. You know, just to make sure yeah. there was some kind of... Comfortable stay here. Yeah, pe- people were being treated like human beings, end of the day, right? But apparently, um, you know, all the shit that was going on there, he just kind of let it happen. That's oh. that's the claim. Right. I don't know how true this is. I don't know. Again, this is just something I was sent, but that's the claim. He was there, and apparently, I have not done this, but if you look at his military service records, he spent some time at Guantanamo. Oh, shit. He was there. So, you know, whether or not this is made up, I mean, who knows? But if it is, it, it's, it's fucked up. Regardless, this is a guy who's going to lead the nation and who let certain things go on. I right. get it. They're the enemy, but it, it, it's like, it goes back to the whole, have some fucking honor, you know? Right. Have some honor. But, you know, it's never like that. Country, countries ever since, you know, all throughout history have done fucked up shit to prisoners. So it, it, it's always going to be like that to some extent, I think. But um, yeah, that that that's a claim I've heard. I watched a video. I have to go find it. If I'll send it to you, but um, I've heard that. But beyond that, um, I don't know too much about Guantanamo. I don't know a whole lot. Um, all all I know is it's still ours. Yeah. We have no plans to give I think it up. It's been shut down, right? Uh, I I know that we don't have any prisoners there anymore. It's still a U.S. naval base. Um, Cuba. Has, uh, it's funny you don't ever hear about them asking for it back. No. Yeah. yeah. So, which I always thought was odd. 
but uh whatever you know that's that's their deal yeah well um after man let's go back a little bit to um to the documentary that you sent me oh yeah it's like i was really interested uh, because there's something I'm, I'm avidly trying to still talk about and still, you know, tie it to, because it's still happening. It's happening always, bro. Propaganda, you know, and the indoctrination and the narrative that the government wants to sell us on the next tragedy, the next pandemic, the next scare, the next whatever, right? So, but at the time when it was 9-11, so there was a whole bunch of stuff that the, um, so Bush was kind of like covering up. They were covering up uh, the fact that there was no mass uh, weapons. Um, they, not, not, also, the, the actual 9-11 attack, mm-hmm. you know, days after it happened, it, the EPA, whatever, they deemed it, you know, safe to, to breathe. When concrete and when Chris, and where oh, there yeah. was asbestos in the fucking Silica, air. asbestos. So there yeah, was everything, everything in the fucking air. And they was yeah. like, oh, yeah, let's go ahead. So, like, even oh. the... the, the Cops and shit like that, they would use like Home Depot masks, right? Oh, yeah, all the first responders. And, and when political people went to visit New York and the, the you know, uh, Ground Zero, whatever, for 9 11, they went in hazmat suits. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, you know, it's also like that narrative that they sell, they try to cover up. Yeah. Like, you know, and so the whole documentary that's called How to, how to what? How to, how to sell, sell a war, war to the American people. Oh, and that's all it is, bro. They're trying yeah. to sell us shit every mm-hmm. fucking day. And at that point, you know, it was it was nine eleven, so they try to you know sell us the the try to justify you know at the expense of American people. Uh, uh, man, up up to like I think it was just shy of three thousand people that died in that tragedy. Yeah, and and the whole per the I mean again Afghanistan. I think to it it was justified at the time because we thought that's where Osama was. That made sense invading Afghanistan to get Osama. That that made sense. The fucked up part is he wasn't even there. He was in Pakistan. Yeah. What do you think about his death? That's a whole different conspiracy in itself. Um, they say that, um, man, sometimes they say that it wasn't even him. They're no, the- I think, look, look, I think if it was, if he was still alive, I don't think he'd be playing ball with the, remember, he yeah, hates course, the U.S., so he's still going to be posting videos, hey guys, I'm here, you know, I still hate America, you know, he's still going to be doing stuff like well, that. Well, because he was a CIA informant, don't you think he's got some, man, maybe some backroom deals in which he kind of just I don't think he needs off. to. I don't think he needs to, because the guy already came from money. He didn't need the money. Let's put it this way. Sometimes they don't. People don't do it for the money. Exactly. He. I think he. He truly believed in the idea of like, oh, it's an Islamic country, you know, like run by the people mm-hmm. and all that, you know, whatever they're into. And and I think he truly believed in that. And um, yeah, he was a CIA asset. He was not anymore. Not since you know, the Soviets uh, left and America was like, okay, we're done. We're done helping you guys, uh, but we're not going to fulfill our promise. You know, that that's when we made an enemy of the guy, out of him. That's when he became an enemy. And, um, yeah, I think if he was truly still alive, he'd still be posting videos like, guys, I'm here, you know. Chilling, I'm going to spread my propaganda of how young people should join Al-Qaeda and fight the West, you know. Yeah. I think he was still, he'd still be around. So he's not, he's dead. I think he's dead. He's done. And Al-Qaeda is still a thing, but they're not the focus anymore. I don't know to what extent there's still a threat to the United States, mm-hmm. but it's not in the news anymore. We don't talk about it. The biggest thing in the news right now is the war in Ukraine. That's the biggest thing right now. The Russian invasion of Ukraine. That's been the biggest thing for the last, what, almost year? Two years? Well, like a a year, little over a year. You're in change. Yeah, you're in change. Yeah, year and a half. Which, I mean, uh, tell everybody about what you were telling me the other day about what, what your thoughts on that, on the Ukraine war, about how we're sending 
uh, billions and billions of dollars. And, you know, I think the most people, even including myself, we think that there's pallets of money. It's not. Fucking flying in planes and they're just dumping these pallets of money. But I didn't know that it's in the way that you explained it to me. It's U.S. weapons uh, that are being sent over there to help fight uh, this war against the Russians. And this is one of the interesting ones. This war, because what I can't understand is how does this war... You know, America's always fought in wars where it would benefit us to some extent. Right. Uh, maybe Vietnam is like the one-off, Korea, yeah, but like uh, Iraq, the, both the, the you know, both wars in the Middle East, Iraq and then the Gulf War, um, you know, uh, our little proxy wars in Africa and Latin America, you know, it, it was always for some kind of benefit for America. So Ukraine... Uh, why we're getting involved, it it doesn't it does not make sense to me, and all I can think of is you know it benefits the U.S. De- defense industry, Lockheed okay. Martin, Raytheon. I mean, we're not sending jets there, but whoever makes weapons, they're benefiting from this big time. Um, brand new military. Do hardware. you not think the, you know, a lot of conspiracy theorists think that it is, you know, the laundering of money, bro. It's just coming back to us. It's coming back to the politicians. That's why fucking Zelensky is over here parading, joining a red carpet and and doing interviews and all parading shit. And he's like, send us more uh, money. Send us more money because if not, it's going to be your children are going to have to fight. Don't you think it's kind of like a a theatrics? I I think it should go without saying that Ukraine was always a corrupt country. They always had problems. And yeah, there's a little bit of theatrics involved, but that's how you kind of... That's how you sell people on, you know, hey, come help me, you know? Right. So um, I get it. Ukraine is its own country. They have their own sovereignty. It should be respected, right? But why does the U.S., every time something happens, why do we have to get involved? Especially in something where it does not benefit us. Yes, it's a horrible thing. It should go without saying that Russia invading Ukraine, it's a horrible thing. Why they did that, that's a whole other podcast, I think. But uh, there's there's so much history to that. But... It doesn't benefit the U.S. Uh, taxpayer at all. And, the, again, the fucked up part is they don't have enough money to be spending on the weapons that they're sending there. They're printing this right, money. Right, right. It's, it's causing inflation. It's a hidden tax. And people are just okay with it. Like, yeah, I'll stand with Ukraine. Well, okay, so not only uh, are you paying a shit ton of money in taxes you know your hard-earned money to to whatever the u.s government spends it on on top of that they need more money so they're gonna print money and then the money that you're able to save after paying taxes and all your expenses and all that it's losing value it's losing value because they spend more than they make in just to fight this war it's always been like that for like the last i think the last time the u.s a government budget since it was balanced it was like when Clinton was president. He balanced it. He made like, okay, we're at a point where, okay, we're, we're not spending more than we take in and we can make some good payments on our mm. debt. He did that. He did that. Then along comes Bush and it's like, oh, we're going to go to Iraq and Afghanistan. We don't have the money to pay for it, so we're going to print it. Oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, and that's why we have a huge debt problem in this country as well. And, and it, it's sad to say, I guess my understanding is we're getting to a point where it's called a debt spiral. It's where you're the, the it's a, it's a debt to GDP ratio, meaning we have more in debt, way more in debt than we do uh, c- compared to what we produce as a country. 
And we're at a point where we have no, we will, I guess we are getting to a point where we have no choice but to print money just to service the debt, meaning pay the interest, just to even pay the interest. We have to print money. We don't make enough to right. pay it. And that's going to be a problem for years to come. People, you know, who aren't like financially savvy and who don't make a lot and don't, uh, they're not capable of saving. They're, they're the ones who are really going to be hurt by this. Especially right. the already shrinking middle class, they're going to be hurt by oh, this. Oh yeah, yeah. But yeah. I, I guess going uh, going back to um, both the Iraq and uh, Ukraine war, I mean, yeah, it's all being paid for with uh, printed money, money we don't have. And so that was the shitty thing about Iraq. We spent, I believe, it's it's fucked up. I think two trillion dollars over the course of twenty years. I think cumulatively between Iraq and Afghanistan, twenty years. Okay, that's how much we printed. During COVID, just two years of COVID. Oh, Remember yeah. all those the stimulus? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew it was going to come back to bite us in the ass, two, bro. Two like, trillion this dollars. can't be good. It's not good. The, yeah. The, let that sink in for a second. It took us 20 years to spend $2 trillion. But as soon as COVID comes around, they're able to spend $2 trillion within two years. It's absurd. That's fucking crazy. Yeah, I think our national debt is around $34 trillion, give or take. You know, and I don't know how the fuck we're going to pay for that. Yeah, but, know, bro. Uh, yeah. Sell off Alaska. I heard, <laughs> a, I heard there's a lot of fucking oil. A lot there. of oil. But anyways, bro. Um, yeah. I mean, I just want. I mean, we should probably try to wrap it up. I know yeah. you gotta get somewhere, but uh, I mean, what I kind of really wanted to drive home, you know, just kind of the whole nine eleven thing is, you know, n- not everything is what it seems to be, you know. So I mean, it was a big thing that happened. I think. Um, we should be very wary of what the government tells us, the information that they tell us, and also, uh, you know, the motives that are out there. Yeah. And because, fuck, man, they did it 20 years ago, trying to cover up, cover up, uh, trying to justify uh, the war, trying to justify the invasion. They're doing it today, bro, and trying to justify whether it be the Ukraine war, whether it be uh, new attacks on the household, new attacks um, in pandemics, shit like that. And then, bro, like... Recently, and I, I want to bring you back because I really want to get into the whole. Uh, I've I'm kind of been kind of obsessed with the whole propaganda, bro, with the whole indoctrination, the whole manipulation of uh, mass media, sure. and how it really a fucking affects of people's minds. Especially if you let if you consume everything that the, you know you've been told, it's like goddamn, you know, like that's yeah. that's why we're in the situation situation that we're in, kind of exactly. easily easily manipulated into um fuck ideologies, into uh being scared of things, into not questioning the government, into uh inflation and and hope. And just, I think that it comes down to um, it kind of infringes on our freedom. There, you know? there, there is a infringes or whatever. I guess there's one lesson to be taken away from from this podcast. It's okay, you know, the government works for you. Don't forget that you're oh, the taxpayer. 100%. They work for you. Don't be afraid to question the government. Don't just believe every little thing they say. Because look, look what happened in the last twenty years. We fought two wars where we didn't even win. The guy we were supposed to get wasn't even in the country we invaded. The other country we invaded had absolutely nothing to do with nine eleven weapons of mass destruction. You know, no, nothing. And, and yet we we spent a good fifteen years there. So, you know, always question. Don't ever be afraid to question. You know, the motives of your government. That that is your right. We're in a country where I think we're we are still. 100% at a point where we are capable of taking back control of our government because it's at a point where it's out of control. It is. And, you know, it also ties into media, like 
uh, I guess mass media is a problem on not just culture, but politics and everything in between. So there's issues there and how it ties into the, yeah, going back to the government and all that. So there's a lot to talk about. There's a lot to be said, but, um, you know, that, that's the biggest takeaway. Just don't be afraid to question things. That's right. Yeah. Well, thank you, Socio, for coming in. We're definitely going to have you back. Um, maybe we'll have you back with my boy Castro in this. He can sit down with us yeah. and, um, you know, just fucking run it, bro, and just, you know, have controversial conversations, bro. That's all that we're after. So, but anyways, um, thank you for everybody tuning in. Don't feel, um, you know, let us know what you think about 9-11. Where were you? And what do you think? Is that an inside job or not? Uh, be sure to check us out this Friday with my boy Castro back on the mic giving you hot topics. And uh, I don't know what we're going to get into this week, but it's going to be saucy. And uh, anything else you want to say, fam? No, thank you for having me. And uh, I hope uh, your audience uh, really enjoyed this podcast. All right, for sure, my boy. Hey, back to enjoying the fucking summer. Is it summer? It's still summer. It's still summer. That's right. <laughs> Feeling good now. Yeah. It's all good in the neighborhood, homie. Yeah. I feel good. I feel alright. Cruising through my neighborhood on a warm summer night. I feel good. That's right. I feel good now. It's summer night. Summer days just sitting around, but when the sun goes down, I'll be ready.